Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. In fact, this is episode 15 and we'll be our final one before a little season break. Uh, we are very fortunate enough to have, uh, well, the regulars in the studio, Sam Hazlitt's on my left. Welcome, Haz. Hey, Lee. Excellent. Great great <laughs> contribution already, Has Strong. Uh, Mitch of Skinny's here. I thought we had things. Microphone's working and then we've actually got Baisley sitting over there as well, haven't we? Baz, I'm not sure your microphone is working. Baz, actually, no one got to hear what you said then, but go again. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I nailed a bit of material there as well. <laughs> Shucks, hey boys, how you doing? Very well, Baz. Thanks for uh, thanks for sitting here. We know you're obviously on a strict time schedule and won't be with us for too long, but uh, fortunately you will get to be with us for, uh, well, we did a pre-recorded interview of Luke Feldman, which is probably the big, the big ticket item for this particular episode now. Uh, obviously, Mitch, uh, after seeing that Sam picked up a personal sponsor during the week of No Talk Surfboards, which you'll hear plenty about during the interview, yep. uh, Mitch decided that he better sort of go out and try and launch a surfing career as well so that he mm-hmm. can pick up a surfboard sponsor. So he was not with us for the chat yesterday, which is myself and Sam that got mm-hmm. to chat to Luke. Uh, and Baze, that'll excite you quite a bit. He's a great man, the Fox, isn't oh, he? Oh, wonderful man. Yeah. Very excited about that. Uh, he told some unbelievable stories. It also turned into a little bit of a roasting uh, of Sam Hazlitt, which is also quite enjoyable to listen to. It certainly was for me sitting there and not getting harmed at all. Uh, but Hazlitt, you didn't mind it, did you? Yeah, well, probably good viewing from home, but uh, <laughs> but I have to cop it on the chin, I guess. Yeah, you were a very good sport about it, Has uh, We look forward to listening to that. Obviously, also, guys, the big ticket items that we're going to speak about, uh, the NRL Grand Final was probably the huge thing that we do have to cover. Uh, We'll get through a little bit of cricket. We've written a new song, actually, uh, and there's a bit of context to that song. I'm quite excited about this one. I think I've really found my perfect vocal range there, boys. Uh, And then we'll obviously just check in with how skin stats uh, for the Rugby World Cup is going, um, and that will pretty much be us. We have got a social simbin and overused buzz phrase section as well, so a couple of regulars to round out season one of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. Now, guys, uh, we'll start with the Luke Feldman interview, obviously, because that is what you will all be wanting to hear. Uh, He is obviously away and on site uh, when when he recorded it, so there is quite a bit of background noise, a little bit of appealing and such, which he talks... Uh, about in quite a humorous manner. Uh, so that'll be just on the other side of this little song.
All right, guys. Now, we are very fortunate uh, today to actually get to speak to one of Queensland Cricket's finest servants here, and uh, I believe that he is actually uh, serving Queensland Cricket currently on a Masters tour as well. Um, so Luke Feldman is the person that we're about to speak to. Uh, he's played 63, or did play 63 first-class matches, 33 list day games, and 23 2020s. And I also think has that he, uh, he might hold the record for most 2020 franchises currently played for at the moment serious journey man there yeah yeah that's right uh and so all things uh being equal we are hoping that we have luke on the phone at the moment he called time on his career uh, at the end of last season after taking 289 wickets across three formats and more importantly played plenty of cricket with our very own co-host uh sam hazlitt so he was pretty keen to come on has particularly when he found out about the obviously sam spam segment uh so luke feldman have we got you there yeah, loud and clear. Oh, magnificent, mate! You sound you sound outstanding. It does sound like you're outside. Can you give us a bit of an idea as to what you're currently doing and where you are in the world? Yeah, I'm currently in Bundaberg at Salter Oval in Bundaberg. Uh, I'm a mentor for the North Queensland Monsoons. They've reached the semi-final stage. They're playing the far North Queensland side and. At the moment, we're not going too well. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the, we're, we're bowling, and the far north Queensland side are one for 75 after eight overs. Oh, geez, that's good going. That's a rate of knots. Yeah, well, par score usually on this field is 140, so they're exceeding that <laughs> at the moment. So, so we but they're well and, well and truly getting above par score. Right, so we might need to get some control back in that game then, Luke. Get a couple of dot balls involved there. Yeah, well, at least by one side of the wicket would be nice. <laughs> After I've got you to, to whack a few when, uh, when your team bats, Lukey, then, uh, then I reckon you're in with a good shot. Well, that's right. That's right. You can't, you can't un- comment on a game until both teams are batted. Very underrated with the bat, Luke Feldman. Actually, I mean, we, he, mentioned, we mentioned he, his wickets, but... He hit a lot of sixes, didn't he? Yeah, very yeah. impressive innings I saw uh, from... From the uh, the uh, dug out there, mm. Fox. You do. Do you have a memorable, like most memorable six you ever hit? I know you probably, you know, you have a wicket highlight, but we're more more important that we talk about your batting, probably, as it was underrated. No, I've probably got a memorable six. I've been hit four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's landed yet. <laughs> I think. I think I might have been at that exact game yeah. uh, when that went uh, quite the journey out of the Gabba. Yeah, Dan Christian got it. Landed in someone's stein at the at the German club over the back there. <laughs> Man, if you if you if you're listening, good hit, Dan. Thanks, yeah. mate. Yeah, Dan is actually is a big listener of the Wiggle the Chocolates podcast, so uh, so he will definitely hear that. Uh, now, Luke, obviously you um. You did indeed have to uh, call time. Well, you probably didn't have to, but you did. You did call time on your career at the uh, at the end of last season. Um, what have you been doing with your spare time since the retirement? Has it opened up a bit more time for you? Or have you just gone straight. No, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I haven't been doing, and it's running. <laughs> I haven't been doing any two-kilometre time trials, that's for sure. Well, we were actually having this exact discussion last night. Has was sort of bragging about his record for the uh, 2K time trial, and I did happen to ask, like, obviously knowing that we were speaking to you today, uh, just what your best time would have been and how, how you did in them. Well, my best time was a was a 7.37, which I was very proud of. That's very good. But, but like I said to Haz, yeah, good time, mate. But geez, you still nick off, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did that one for the team, didn't you, Foxy? It was all about uh, no punishments for the rest of the group, wasn't it? Well, I just, yeah. Well, I couldn't 
I couldn't afford any physical punishments for myself. I had to, had to get through the season. Yeah, he was mean enough though to come and and uh, start of this season. Watch us uh, do our two k time trial and sit on the bench and sip, oh, his, come and sip his latte. I think while we uh, while we did our run and, and saw <laughs> us in pain. So that's perfect. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, just just a little a bit of encouragement at the seven hundred meter mark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Go the ball. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, so zero fitness, mate. You actually are still playing a, a little bit of cricket this year, though, aren't you? For the uh, for the mighty Valley Diehards, we've spoken to Gary yeah. on the show before. Um, yeah, he'll be yeah, happy I am to have playing you. Playing red Red Bull, Red Bull only for the uh, for the Diehards this year. You see, most um, players chose... uh, most players stick to white ball only after their career, but uh, you've uh, you've gone the other way around and, and stuck with the Red Bull cricket. Yeah, well, those most other players you talk about are usually batsmen has. So, <laughs> yeah, true, true. So that's why they choose to play the white ball format. Well, I, I don't particularly want to go at 12 and over from some 16-year-old kid trying to make a name for himself. <laughs> no, I, don't. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I deserve that. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick to swinging it around corners and going at twos. No, you certainly do that very well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh. That's perfect. So you will be playing the Red Bull stuff um, for Valley's outstanding game. You got to have a game yet on it. You played the first week of a game, didn't you, and then had to miss yesterday. Yeah, yeah. well, I got to sit down and watch the boys bat most of the day. But I bowled four overs at the end of the day, and everything I hate about cricket happened in those four overs. I had a a drop catch, an LBW (laughs) not given with a very poor excuse by the umpire. Oh, yeah, they get you. And then followed by... Following a short wide when they got pumped. So. Plenty of carry on there, I'm sure, that's as well. I can't, I can't wait for the rest of the season. So, that just reminded you of why you did call time on your career. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, we have already, um, we have already uh, sort of talked about the fact that you weren't probably the biggest fan of uh, pre-seasons for the Bulls. Is that, is that meant something that you uh, certainly have enjoyed? And particularly sort of the uh, – you tell some great stories about the annual training camp to Morton Island as well, Fox. Oh. That was something you loved, wasn't oh, it? Oh, there's Morton Island. See, what I – I don't mind doing pre-season, getting fitter, but I just want it to be relevant to what we're doing in the season. So one one year, I think Phil Jakes had us doing gymnastics. You know, <laughs> I never saw. Look, some of the boys can't touch their toes. It's quite embarrassing. So we're at the at the uh, the national um, gymnastics center, getting coached by national coaches who are just wasting their time on eighteen eighteen cricketers and. <laughs> to be honest, Nadia Comaneci never had a net before she went to the Olympics, did she? <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm afraid I'm not even sure who Nadia Comaneci is, but I assume she's some sort of gymnast. Yeah. No. She's the first person to get a perfect 10, mate. Is this not a sports podcast? Yeah, it is. Sorry, man. Obviously, we haven't branched out to the gymnastics section. Has has been too busy talking about rock climbing and surfing, so we haven't got to gymnastics yet. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. All right. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Two things that are free to do. It's a pleasure, pleasure to be on the podcast with the most fiscally responsible person in Australian cricket. Yeah, we have actually just been talking about how has is the uh, next best thing from the barefoot investor, that's for sure. Absolutely. Got, got no defence there. It's probably a fair call. You don't mind saving money, do you, Has? <laughs> Any opportunity? Still at home, has? Still at home for the listeners? Yeah, for, for the time being, sure am. Yep, thanks, Mum and Dad. <laughs> Luke, back to your, uh, to your cricket. Uh, just in one game, so did a Shield game last year, you actually took like 
five for in, and it was it ended up being sort of your third last first class match. How did you how did you actually know that it was definitely time to to hang up the boots? Because it seemed like obviously you're still bowling well enough. I would think certainly from an outsider's point of view. Uh, but did you always know that last season was going to be your last? Yeah, I did. I um, informed the coach at the start of that season that that it would be my last. It's, um, I think I did have the opportunity to to probably go one more year, but I just didn't have it in my legs to be to be honest. And um, I didn't want to be in a position where I might let let the team down. You don't want to be that that old guy who can't get to the ball um, when the team needs you to. And then just backing up on the, on that day day three and day four um, with the ball and um, I've had had a bit of back, back problem my whole my whole career so it was day four came it was getting getting pretty tough on me so I know yeah, you, you certainly to hang him up certainly wouldn't let us down out there Luke you're a great competitor great to play with um, always put in for the team um, and uh, as as we know you're also a police officer um, and I uh, also believe you've got a pretty funny story about how you used that position to your advantage um, in on your debut Shield game when you were away on a cricket trip with the Queensland Bulls. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I did. So I was uh, on day Sheffield Shield debut down in Victoria, and I was rooming with Nick Kruger. <laughs> and after the first, I got my first wicket, I was pumped. First day's first day's play, um, we went for a few runs, and I thought, oh, geez, better get to bed early big day tomorrow and um, yeah I get a phone call about quarter past two on a it was a Friday night going into Saturday and um, it was from my roommate Nick Kruger who was in the next room down and he goes uh, where are you going I said nowhere mate I'm, I'm in bed and he just said no I just heard you go out the door I said no <laughs> and he goes oh we've been robbed so <laughs> Um, jumped out of bed, um, went to the lounge room slash, slash kitchen, and I just said, asked him what happened. He came out and he just said, oh, he heard the, the fridge open and then heard shoes on the on the tiles and then the front door closed. I went, oh, no. So we opened up the fridge and sure enough, our, our mini bar had been stolen. So that made me very upset. <laughs> and, Thirsty. And then we, we were only on the first first floor uh, at Fitzroy Street it's not the best area but that's where we were staying in Melbourne Um, and there we went out to the balcony and here's this bloke um, handing out a minibar to his friends so I said to Krug hey mate just just stay up stay up here keep an eye on him I'm going to go grab him so I I took my badge I always carry my badge with me I don't know why it's absolutely useless in Victoria there's absolutely nothing (laughs) (laughs) but um I quickly ran downstairs and then went outside. And um, are you allowed to say the C word on this podcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah, so so I said wrong room, champ. And um, <laughs> and then yeah, grabbed him and wrestled him back into the hotel where I waited for the Victoria police to arrive. And then I had a pretty good story to tell um, at warm up the next day. Unbelievable! That's a great one. That's and actually saw on on your Wikipedia page is even a mention of that. Uh, not not the full story, but a mention of that. Yeah, happening, they've written so. it up. It's like it's it's literally put above how many wickets you put, how many wickets you took in your career. They put that story above it. 
Um, another oh, part yeah. of your life. It's nice, it's nice to know that's the class of journalism that you're doing to, to the podcast has, Wikipedia. Yeah, Excellent. yeah very uh, valuable source of information, Wikipedia. <laughs> that's the first thing you guys do. <laughs> is, that free, is that free to access too? Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, is. Yeah, of course it is. Spot on. Um, another, another part of your life, uh, spent a lot of time up in North Queensland uh, before coming down to Brisbane for cricket. Um, so you're a big rugby league fan supporting the North Queensland Cowboys and uh, it was a disappointing season for them, wasn't it, Foxy Howard? Where, where did they go wrong? Oh, just injuries, mate. I think they're the first, we didn't have the same team on the field for the first eight rounds. Yep. Cole Felt missing and then Jason Taumalolo injured. Then um, Michael Morgan picking up an injury during that origin period. Then blokes away and then, yeah, that halves combination needs to get together, I think, just just for a few more games before it all starts to click. Yeah, some big names. But like they say, there. there's, always, there's always next season, isn't there? There is. There is a big names missing out there and definitely chopped and changed their half combination a bit. Uh, a bit unsure where to go there. Um, where, what do you think they have to do to get back to where they were when they beat the Broncos uh, to win the Premiership back in 2015? What do they need to change next year? Well, they had the best player of all time <laughs> playing for them. <laughs> so, so if we could find another one of them, <laughs> that, that would be handy. Yeah, get him back. He'd still play. Uh, well, I, was, I was actually, I was, I actually got to go to that game, the uh, twenty twenty fifteen grand final. Did you really? Um, we were down there. We were down there for the uh, the one day. We actually played Tasmania the next morning. Oh jeez, that would be that would have been tough yeah. for you. <laughs> How'd you bowl that day? Oh, oh poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we went down North Sydney Oval. It's always a great place for the bowls for the bowls. <laughs> Fifteen meter boundary, excellent. No, you're hiding to nothing there, aren't you? Well, maybe I might be getting my years mixed up. That that could have been the four hundred game. Maybe we we won before the uh, where Hearts and Kawaja oh, put on two hundred and eighty for the first wicket chasing four hundred. I remember, and that we got game. it with three overs to spare. Yeah, unbelievable game that one. Yeah, I don't know what year it was in though, but I do remember. That game distinctly. Uh, now we're um we're recording this segment on on That's the day. A massive shout in the background there, folks. What's happened there? Is that yeah. good for you? Um, uh, not out. I think there was a there was a fake appeal during a wide Yorker. I think the batter hit the ground. But oh, okay. I think the umpire wasn't wasn't being called wide. Oh, that's perfect. That's a, that's yeah. a win then. Great so result. well done. Yeah. <laughs> that's great mental shit. The umpire. That's all right. Uh, so I'll go back. We're recording this segment on the day of the 2019 NRL Grand Final now, and um, the Roosters playing the Raiders tonight. Uh, what's your prediction of the game, and uh, how do you think it'll play out? Well, if the Roosters defended like they did against Melbourne uh, last yeah, last week, I think it's going to be pretty tough for for Canberra to um, to get the win. But I'd like to see Canberra just. Um, a lot of second phase play, and then seeing if they can tack during it during the broken defensive line. I think that's the way they're going to have to go about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, the, the both teams have been really good in defence this year, and uh, and Canberra showed that against Melbourne a few weeks back as well. But but definitely they need to show that spark and attack and and throw the ball around and yeah, try and try and find some broken defensive line. Um, Fox, can I just uh, jump back to you're obviously a very loyal support of the uh, Cowboys. Um, in my in my first couple of years at Valleys, obviously I was lucky enough to get to play with you a couple of times there. Uh, and there was one particular song that you introduced us to uh, whenever the Cowboys got a win. 
Um, and I'm just going to play that little song for you and see if, uh, see if you still remember this one well. Hard as you can, can. <laughs> you remember that one quite well, Fox? Oh, one of the, oh, it's one of the greats. They play it after a home win. Oh, they're at, still at so it's still relevant. One eight hundred smiles. Uh, yeah, or absolutely. It? After after every home home win, that is the first song that gets played on the PA. Oh, so it should. What a tune. Honestly, I wasn't even a Cowboys supporter, but every time they won, I just got excited so that I could hear Fox come into the dressing room and sing that. Yeah, life at the outpost. It's cool for the listeners. Life at the outpost, and it starts with the sort of oh, Shiva. Is that, that that was the one, wasn't oh, it? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, that doesn't get the crowd buzzing. I don't know what what no. will. <laughs> we might have to actually just introduce that as the opening theme song for the podcast. I think. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, perfect. Uh, and then Fox- actually, we we oh. did, did have you told the listeners about um, we did play together at Valley's, um and you retiring hurt oh, in the dark to, to get us a draw. Actually- one of, one of the great draws. <laughs> I've actually um, never got getting, to tell getting- that story. Yeah, you might have to tell it, Luke. Oh, we were trying to bat out a draw against the Sunshine Coast and it was getting quite dark and Queensland Bulls bowler Matthew Gale um, just slipped one out the front of the hand and it was maybe waist high full toss and it hit, um, hit, Lee, on, <laughs> hit Lee on the wrist and then to soak up time, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was to soak up time, he's gone down like a sack of spuds and he actually had to get stretched off the field for a ball that hit him in the wrist. <laughs> so, so it took about 15 minutes, and then it was too dark after that. So he saved the game. Yeah, one of the straight out of the Cameron Smith gamesmanship handbook, I think. That's right. Was, smart cricket. Smart cricket. Oh, jeez, that's out, surely. That was a run out opportunity. Direct hit. Penguin yeah. didn't give it. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> you guys need a bit of luck there, Luke. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that was uh, well, two, that was... <laughs> two for one hundred and nine after thirteen. Now, oh, you've it's actually be... pegged them back a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Still going to be a bit of work to do for the boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. Actually, um, now also with our time at uh, at Valleys together, Fox, you actually uh, introduced us to the uh, one of the greatest prank calling setups uh, that we've ever witnessed. Um, in fact, <laughs> and, and you, you used to be one of the greats at using it. You actually. My goodness, I guess there's something happening every ball in the background there. I'm going to tell you, that, that was actually an appeal, an appeal uh, from field number three, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is probably 500 metres away. So, yeah, he was a bit excited over there. But, yeah, no, nah, not out again. I <laughs> uh, don't know what these guys are doing. They, the old penguins could dust a finger off every now and again. Come on. <laughs> no, there hasn't been one dismissal given. We've heard 14 appeals. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so you uh, you used to actually sort of be very strong at it, Luke. You'd sort of get um you'd get our scorer from the opposite side of the oval a couple of times. We just used to sort of sit there and and uh, make sure that we utilised the prank calling app to the greatest of ability. <laughs> do you remember some of those stories? Yeah, I do. Yeah, scorer at Valley's Pat Colton. He's a uh, how would you describe Pat? Uh, a um, rotund yeah. uh, fellow. Yeah. yeah, he was larger set, that's yeah, for call, sure. Yeah, you can call him anything, just don't call him late for dinner. <laughs> oh, I'm going to catch this here. Holy moly, that's a massive six. Um, 
Yeah. No, so we were on the other side of the field, and it was a Pranksters app, and um, it was, basically it was a pre-formatted um, uh, soundbite uh, from a, a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> so we were ringing him up, basically say, saying saying he, he ordered a Chinese feed, and then he was abusing us on the other side of the phone, saying that we had the wrong number, <laughs> and it was... That's and he was blowing up the luck. He was not impressed with it at all, was he? Um, well, actually, uh, Luke, just... But yeah, well, that's, uh, well, it's a long time, isn't it, watching cricket? It's a, it's a big day, and if, you, if you've got a good partnership going, you've got to find ways to entertain yourself. Absolutely. We had to break up the day, no question about that. I actually uh, I took the liberty of um, making sure that I sort of recorded a little bit of one, just so the listeners knew exactly what we were talking about, uh, Luke. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is Mitch Stevenhausen, who plays at Redlands with us now. Uh, we managed to get him with the exact same app. It's still relevant 10 years later, so I'll, I'll show oh, this excellent. to you. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I do see this uh, Redlands app. Uh, I'm just going to check out the I have uh, your order here for you to pick up. We are waiting for you. Um, where are you from, sorry? Chintan Fukao, Katatata Mutakao. Chinese restaurant. Yeah, I definitely have no order ending. You order about half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no order ending. You got the wrong number. But we have, we have your number. It's the one that made the call. Yeah, it's the wrong one. It's uh, your favorite restaurant. You say you'll get the food from us all the time. Uh, we have uh, the sink bag for you. Hello? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, brilliant. <laughs> it still works just as well, Luke. You'd be pleased to know. <laughs> uh, what was it? Two bucks from the app store? Well yeah. worth the investment. Two ninety nine. I'm not sure has it. I'm not not sure how to buy it though. No. Got to be a free version out there somewhere, oh, surely. <laughs> Fox, uh, we obviously, we, you know that we do sort of run the sort of Sam spam section where we just get listeners to be able to sort of ask questions of uh, of has. So we thought it might be a great opportunity for you who has played so much cricket with him and spent so much time with him uh, that you might actually have some insights into what well, we've heard a little bit about sort of what makes him tick and that's mainly money by the sounds um, but, we, but we might sort of give you the floor and just let you ask a couple of questions to us as well oh I just I just want to say uh, congratulations so far this has you've, you've batting the house down um, what what change have you made this year and why are you finding you getting so much success thanks Foxy yeah I appreciate it I'm uh, yeah pretty happy with the first four games so far so hopefully I can take that across to Shield Cricket um, against New South Wales on Thursday um, probably just a bit of a change in uh, mental process leading up to the ball you know just trusting trusting the ability a bit and, and just going back to doing doing the simple things of watching the ball and, and, and playing it late uh, letting it come letting letting, uh, letting the body take over without trying to make a decision and, and try and uh, preempt what, what ball's going to come down to me so that's, that's been working pretty well so far Okay, I just assumed it was a contract year, so that's why I thought you were getting a few more runs. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were trying to lead to something there, but I thought I'd answer a problem. I knew that was not a genuine question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you set him up, I'll knock him down. Don't worry. Because <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you, were, you were actually quite surprised there, Luke, that, um, that we'd managed to secure Hazard's services for the podcast, weren't you? That shocked you in the early stages. Well, oh, I did. I thought, oh, geez, uh, Hazard's donating his time. And then I thought, well, if the, the podcast actually 
takes off, he might get some sponsorship. So maybe he's investing his time for a later return. Yeah, well, he's actually managed to pick up a surfboard sponsorship during the week. There was nothing for the podcast, but certainly from a personal perspective, he's got a surfboard sponsorship out of it. No talk surfboards, you know, just uh, yeah, get, on, get on board, guys, eco-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Harry. <laughs> well done. Uh, now, so, Luke. Anyway, back to the NRL grand final, Has um, Who are you putting your money on tonight? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, I probably won't be putting my money on anyone, but. <laughs> oh. Oh. And uh, Luke, I'm trying try to get myself together here. Um, you, you actually uh, have a couple of great Sam Hazlitt stories, don't you? you what, what would be your, uh, your favourite Sam Hazlitt story, mate, do you reckon, from, uh, from oh. cricketing times together? You got a lot to choose from. Oh, there's, there's, there's been a few. It's him bringing his own food to a cafe, or or, <laughs> or something like that when the boys get together. But my favourite is um, Tasmania celebrating after a win, and uh, has, has doesn't he's a, he's a teetotaler, doesn't drink. That's that's absolutely fine for the listeners out there. But um, yeah, we were the boys were were going shout for shout, and I felt bad because normally they they leave Has out because he's because he's not drinking, and I don't think Haz would be too keen on shouting everyone a drink anyway. <laughs> but I thought I'd include him. I'd include him in the shout. So it was probably, I don't know, before midnight. So it would have been around 10.30 at night. I've, I've gone up to the bar, and I, I think I sent a WhatsApp message to, to everyone to put their order in. So I was at the bar, and every, all these all the drinks came through. And 10.30 at night, in Tasmania, Sam Hazlitt chocolate milkshake. <laughs> At the bar. <laughs> well, it was a uh, ice cream bar Fair plus enough. a plus a uh, normal bar in one. So yeah, how could you how could you go past it? <laughs> I just thought I just thought that was fantastic. Why not celebrate a win with a chocolate? <laughs> so you literally had to go to the bar and say three three rum and cokes, four vodka oh, lemon tra- sauce, yeah. and one milkshake, and a chocolate shake. <laughs> chocolate shake, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is perfect. Got to be, got to be a standard order like that. But they'd be used to hearing things like that. Surely, oh, yeah, <laughs> ten pm at night, everyone's craving a milkshake. I think in a bar. Beautiful. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, Luke, you have been unbelievable to talk to, mate. That is for sure. <laughs> um, some of your great stories. I've spent more time laughing than talking, to be honest. So, <laughs> uh, so we appreciate you coming on a huge amount. Uh, we look forward to getting this one out to the listeners. Obviously, uh, we wish you the best of luck in uh, obviously the what the run chase. I guess that uh, that you guys will be uh, trying to track down there. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, all those they're three for one hundred and thirty. And there's four overs to go, so they're just about on par. Okay, with the par score at this field. But yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. I'm pleasure being on. We got the chocolates, and I look forward to nicking you both off this year. Now, I was going to say we'll see you in a uh, Red Bull game this year, and we'll uh, try and make sure that we just get a short and wide one and dispatch it, so that we remind you of how much you love cricket again. <laughs> Beautiful, awesome, excellent. Thanks, thanks very, very much, guys. Thank you. See you, Foxy. And that's that, guys. There is the Luke Feldman chart. Uh, how you uh, or Feldman, even as he's more commonly known, um, how, how you feeling about that one? Has yeah, good one to uh, look over and, and think about, I guess. <laughs> uh, we need to move on to obviously a cricket wrap, guys. All the bowlers 
close. He's given him. He's given him. Peter Settle's got a hat trick on his birthday. Champion, 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 champion. Well, in uh, international cricket at the moment, the women are probably taking the headlines with Australia winning all three T20s against Sri Lanka, uh, with Alyssa Healy scoring 148 off 61 not out in the uh, the last T20. We, we covered the first couple there with some impressive performances, but that's, uh, that's pretty big, that one. Yeah, that probably takes the cake, I think, or the chocolates even. Yeah, that is huge. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. That's a serious oh. knock. Yeah, breaking a couple of records there. Along the way. Um, They're playing again today, aren't they, Has We've moved on to one-day internationals now. Yeah, so they won nil up in that one-day series. Uh, first one was at AB Field and second one again today currently at AB Field uh, with Rachel Haynes in this one on 110 at the moment. Um, so doing really well and, and Aussies in the box seat but with, uh, with Sri Lanka still to bat and uh, one game left in the series after this one. Next item, skin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, that old chestnut. <laughs> Didn't know if we'd finished covering the cricket. I wanted has to talk us through the records that Alyssa Ely was breaking. Did we? No. All right. Okay. Yeah, Carry well, on. No, but you tell us about the records then, Skin, now that you've made it up. Yeah, okay. Now that I've brought it up, I can probably say I think it was the, the fastest ever Australian century and the highest ever the highest ever women's T20 international individual school. Yeah, correct. Yep. Has is nodding. You agree. Right. Excellent, Skin. Perfect. That's that. That's so now <laughs> moving on to... The we, we we wanted to do a little wrap of the West Torrens round one. Um, oh, we didn't really want to do a wrap of that. Uh, we just uh, actually something interesting happened yeah. on the weekend that I thought I might tell that story. Hey, skin. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, had uh, sort of one of one of your mates from Brisbane had has moved down to Adelaide and was was debuting for West Torrens, and you, despite being in Brisbane, had the pleasure of presenting him his cap. That's right. Apparently, so That's I wanted right. to. Hear, hear that story and how that all went down, Lethal. That's good. I'm pleased that we finally got to that. We've mm-hmm. gone about as good as the Channel 9 commentators last night, but we'll get to that as well. Um, yeah, well, Josh Taskham, who we've actually spoken about on the podcast before uh, in the Andy, Andrew Goatey uh, episode, he has moved down to Adelaide, obviously from Valleys here, uh, went to West Torrens, made his debut on the weekend, but um, Mark Harrity, the coach at West Torrens, uh, he rang me during the week and said, hey, mate, how would you feel about uh, – presenting Josh with his cap. I was like, oh, it could be reasonably tough um, given that I'm not in Adelaide. <laughs> Obviously, I'm in Brisbane and we'll be playing at Wynnum. Uh, and he said, no, 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 I, I want to do a cricket first here and you're going to present via FaceTime, um, <laughs> which was intriguing. I was unsure really how that was sort of going to go. Um, but sure enough, sort of 15 minutes before we went out to field in our game, um, I had Josh asking, well, my face was uh, – on the uh, on the on the phone there for Josh and in, in front of all the West Torrens boys down there as he was sort of waiting for his cap and I, I made him a little speech. It was quite weird. I could sort of only see Josh's nose um, <laughs> in the camera because uh, he was holding it quite close to his face uh, and then I couldn't see anyone else around but he assured me that they were all listening and then obviously the video sort of came out later which we'll put on our, put on our socials as well just to to show you how that went but it was quite it's quite interesting sort of I obviously went for sort of the Bluetooth handshake tried to. Yeah. You know, I was shaking hands, but he obviously couldn't reciprocate that feeling. So, yeah, yeah. technology hasn't quite advanced that far. Yet. No, unfortunately, yeah, maybe not. one day. Um, but that, it is, was that is unheard of. That's, oh, uh, well, groundbreaking. Probably the way Ford has. If you want to sort of, you might get to present a couple of caps yourself to someone making their debut in New Zealand or something. It's <laughs> opened open the door for you here. Oh, we're going to have to bring that in, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, West Torrens did actually go on to lose that uh, game in first grade against Woodville. Um, and yeah, Josh 
probably not his dream debut, but uh, will certainly go very well down there. There's no question about that. Great recruit. Uh, and the girls who I used to coach, uh, the West Orange girls down there, um, they had a dream result, faultless performance against the buy. So they're off and running as well in their season. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Now, Baze, uh, now that you are here and you've just put your dark horse bats everywhere, <laughs> can you want to talk us through what you're doing here? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just getting my bats. Just getting my bats ready for training, but obviously just a uh, little sponsorship package deal available for the week. Got the chocolates. Uh, it's currently uh, on, the, on, the, on the table, working through a bit of negotiation. Um, so, yeah, we're going to... Keep working through to find the best deal for both parties. By the sounds of it, fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're very keen for that. Um, yeah, the Dark Horse have been getting some serious numbers around the contest in terms of their cricket bats in our studio here. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> killing it. Um, and big shout out to Nick Selman too. Who obviously, he's the creator of that company, isn't he? Absolutely, is yeah. What a man, um, Josh Arnold from Redlands, main ambassador. Oh yeah, as well, so. does he um, know he's the main ambassador? Nope, <laughs> but. He uh, he did wand it. on the weekend. Yes, he crushed one. It sounded very good, I must say. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now, <laughs> now that you're here, Bazaar, I actually want to do it. We've we've written a song. Um, the song's called Herf. Uh, into the remake or a parody of uh, Lil Dicky's song Earth, which you may be familiar with, which it was one of my uh, favourite songs. I enjoy Earth. enjoyed it very much, so it was only fitting that we got to uh, actually write a parody to that in some way. Uh, but I guess, Baz, I wanted you to sort of help give me give the listeners a little bit of context as to why I guess we wouldn't usually just write a song about someone that gets a hundred because that would be a song every week. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the Hereford one's a little bit special due to the fact that. Obviously, he is uh, he is a man that's 39 years of age uh, and has just uh, continued to play first-grade cricket and second-grade cricket probably, forced his way back in through scoring second-grade hundreds at 38 and 39 years of age uh, and actually scored on that weekend against Wynnum his first-ever first-grade hundred after who knows how many games and how many matches. Yeah. But um, a it's lot. a pretty, yeah, pretty impressive performance, wasn't it, Skin? Uh, well, I didn't get to watch it, that, so I wouldn't know. But yeah, from what I've heard, it was good viewing. And yeah, definitely an impressive story, that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to the song, Gabesy. I think you summed it up really well there. Um, what made it more special is, was from that summer, I guess, the years he's put in um, at the club and, and, and served at the club as a coach even for years. Uh, he's serving as a life member currently. Um, so put a lot of time into the club. But it was actually also, it was also something that Nick always wanted to actually do. It was a big monkey on the back for him, I reckon. Yeah. It was the 100 and... Um, he always kept saying it was kind of the last thing that he, he really wanted to knock off and um, and I think that's a credit to him given that, you know, he spent a good amount of the last three or four years in second grade um, working hard and, and then last year scoring big runs in hundreds and forcing his way into the team yeah. Um, and then, yeah, hitting the ball, kind of continuing that momentum from last year, hitting the ball really nicely this year for us in the one days and then... Um, yeah, it was a special innings, yeah. really special innings. And I think that's why we, we probably appreciated it so much. It's probably at 39 years of age, it's fair to say that most people are usually going on the on the decline in their career. They're starting to go back through the grades and help young guys come through and stuff like that. And, and Herf sort of done a lot of that as well. Or not playing. Or not playing. Or <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Joe. Giving up. <laughs> that's right. Thanks, Joe. I know Herf Yeah, so, yeah, I think I think that's what was so awesome is that he's actually still continuing to look for ways to improve and, and get better. So uh, it was only fitting that we wrote this song. I know, Haz, you're very excited to hear it. Uh, this is how the song went. What up, listeners? It's Leroy. Just watched a serious knock here. Uh, it could be more specific. 
it was against Wynnum. And uh, I just wanted you to know, for the sake of all the Tigers fans out there, this is how you play. We love you, Herf. You scored a hundred. We love you, Herf. That's in your zone. We love you, Herf. You scored a hundred. We love you, Herf. That's in your zone. Hi. I'm from the Mad Goose. Oh, here's the plan. I will advance and I'll hit them huge. And hey, don't bowl Ebra. Oh, I'm looking for two. Now I'm on the back stool, punching in a gap. Hold us at the club. But I hit him through midwick. And I can slug the border cow. Moo. And it goes for six. Moo. I've got the best rig and I hit the bongers. Calves haven't shrunk and the day you don't ball explode from a stance when you pitch the ball up. And this knocks my best. We love you, Herf. You scored a hundred. We love you, Herf. That's in your zone. We love you, Herf. You scored a hundred. We love you, Herf. That's in your zone. And ba-dum, ba-dum, bum. I'm on my way to a first grade hundred. Six in the shed. My confidence grows and I'm loving this deck. Hitting the ball with a full drive or check. I'll cover drive and hit straight two. Scored 99, so a hundred shoe. Sim is in, but we're under the pump. That's a bouncer. Oh, damn, it's short, so pull. I'm a rare sweep this next night. Watch this Lee and I'll hit it with force. Yeah. Another four, get on. Oh. The hundreds inside me, then century. Look at this grin, I look quite young, but I am 39, doing it on my flute. Get a parade in the yard, push out and the crowd erupts. I might have Sonys, but I've scored 170. Oh, he scored a hundred. We love you, Herf. That's in your zone. We love you, Herf. You scored a hundred. We love you, Herf. That's in your zone. We love you, Herf. I'm a fan. Can you hear me? Herf's been the man for so damn long, and now he's got a ton. Today was the day that Herf hit a hundred He hit Wynnum away What can I say? This was Herf's day He stood up to the plate Gave nothing away Now it's like bowlers don't know how to act When they stand at their mark with no plan of attack What do I do when Nick Herford goes whack? We don't know anymore We just put two guys back He's a clubman He's a veteran He's a legend, man We love the man Love Greatest listening that part, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Herf. Oh, Herf. Yeah, yeah. We love you, Herf. That is a hundred. Hey, bowlers. Great jewel. Hey, Tigers. All of you. Come on. Every one of you. I'm older than Robbie Farrer, but I'm bad and like Sir Vivian. Hum, 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 well. Hum, 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 well. Uh, hum hum and this song is out of ammo so we might just wind it up right there thanks guys go 
There you go, boys. Uh, that is the Herf song. That Absolutely killed it. Tune of auto. How much auto tune on there, Gabesy? Well, Gabes, I'll tell you what happened, actually. Normally, I obviously do quite the baritone sort of voice as you're hearing me speaking now. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't mention in the uh, preamble before that song is that we actually sort of dethroned Skin with the number one rapper mm-hmm. for the podcast. <laughs> uh, so Jasper, Jasper from Redlands as well, he came in and uh, wrote the rap verse, uh, managed to produce that and uh, and nail it first time, which was oh, maybe second time has. Uh, yeah. Second time, but I'm sure we better for the run. Next, <laughs> next song he comes in on, he's going to be firing, I reckon. Um, so anyway, he had sort of the deepest voice. I thought me and you had pretty deep voice of skin, but Jasper had yeah. something unbelievable, his voice. Uh, and so that forced me to sort of go to a higher octave base. Unbelievable. And I've just found my that range. Yeah, I've found my range, I reckon. I'll just, different gravy. I'll be on Australia's Got Talent oh, in no time. Oh, good Pumped your tires up a bit. <laughs> what about when I... <laughs> Walked through the door yesterday and you said, ah, oh, yeah, Jasper was all right, but I was elite. <laughs> and then the, the only blunder on the song was, yeah, that was me. Damn <laughs> you're not working out how to bloody I do a bridge. I couldn't fair. come out of the bridge there. <laughs> I was struggling. That's work. Thank you, Baz. I uh, appreciate it. I'm glad you're here to hear it. Uh, now, Baz, you're off to hit some cricket balls, aren't you? So we're, um, you're departing the scene. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. The listeners have missed you. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> The arrogance no is the theme of the podcast. Well, the <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Baz, enjoy your afternoon. Thank you so much. Thanks, boys. All the best in the fours. Cheers, <laughs> Okay. Now, has, uh, we are going to move on to an NRL wrap, which is obviously the main ingredient of this show now after the grand final last night. Yeah, only one NRL game on the weekend, but it was a pretty important one at that, and I reckon a lot of our listeners probably watched it. Um, but the uh, the result of the game was that the Roosters beat the Raiders 14-8 to in the grand final, and uh, probably disappointing a lot of people because I think the vast majority of Australia were going for the Canberra Raiders, hoping the uh, underdogs there could, could get the upset win, but it wasn't to be. Uh, I guess the disappointing was that the focus after the game was was the sort of negative, controversial moments because it was a great story of, of the match between a team who was made up of probably the best combination of players we've seen for a very long time trying to win back-to-back premierships, which hasn't happened also in a long time. And uh, versing a team that had a lot of question marks over them leading into the season with a lot of new players changing positions and I think the vast majority of people out there wouldn't even tip them to be in the top eight, especially with the with the spine they had. So um and also being a, one of the one of the best players of all time, uh, Cooper Cronk retiring after the game. So good story to it, but uh, a lot of negative Marred, um, marred by controversy uh, again. Yeah. So I guess because of that controversy, an interesting point was that Sportsbet refunded everyone who who betted <laughs> yeah. for Canberra to win the game, uh, which was maybe a good marketing ploy yeah, by them. I was going to say, do you reckon they're good blokes or that's just a marketing ploy? <laughs> I saw I think, so many comments that were like, I didn't even bet on the game, but you guys are awesome. I was like, oh, great. They've just got another three million people to bet. Uh, I think that uh, if they refunded for every match there was controversy like that during the year, they probably would have refunded <laughs> yeah. 90% of the NRL games. So um, I think it was just because it was the grand final that it <laughs> happened yeah. that way. I think that's quite effective by them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what other news came out of the game there? Yeah, Cooper Cronk. Um, 
after the game lost his premiership ring uh, during the celebrations in the sheds and so sent a search party out. Everyone was having a look for his premiership ring um, and luckily for him it was found by a lady who works for the Roosters apparently in, uh, in a very Australian place in one of their eskies under under the ice in the esky. So um, good searching. And uh, uh, Cooper Cronk says that he isn't very sentimental and it'll just sit at home collecting dust probably with all the other other premiership rings he owns but probably not something you want to lose when it's worth about ten thousand dollars apparently <laughs> yeah that's right exactly no that's very fair we've just uh Bryony's just had Bryony sydney with us today as well she's just copped a spray from skinnel because <laughs> beating the keys over there <laughs> on the loudest typer i've ever heard so um yeah that's uh that's not our secretary that's just our sister <laughs> just typing over there perfect all right has well let's get to some of these uh, controversial calls, I guess we better sort of disagree with each other here. So we go. <laughs> um, the first interesting one was early in the game when the Roosters on the last play kicked the ball downfield, aiming for downfield anyway, and uh, it uh, ended up being a falcon ricocheting into Isaiah Soliola's head, and uh, I guess technically a charge down there. Um, the ball rebounding back. And Elliot Whitehead from the Raiders looked like he was going to win the race for the ball and, and pick it up and maybe make a few metres there until it hit the Roosters trainer who was in backfield, uh, I guess, roaming around looking for injuries, ready to give some water to the players <laughs> them, if they needed Tell them where to kick it. <laughs> yeah, maybe more of that. But, uh, yeah, I guess the, the Raiders were lucky in the first place because the charge down could have been picked up by a rooster and then it would have been six to go, mm. which is probably a common result of a charge down. Um, but they were unlucky with what happened after that because um, although Elliot Whitehead probably would have got the ball, he probably also would have been run down. And I think James Tedesco was hot on his heels there. Uh, but the fact that it hit a train, that doesn't happen too often. And, and the rule, I guess, does state that if it hits a referee or the ball hits a, a trainer, then the attacking team gets the ball and they get a fresh set of six. So That is a stiff rule for oh, my yeah. skin. What do you, I think, like, if it's the Roosters trainer, surely they can't get the ball back. Otherwise, that's a set play. You'd be running all the time. Yeah. Right. Trapped all with the trainer. I don't yeah. mind it. Yeah. Bring it in. Yeah. In this situation, I mean, the trainer couldn't have got it in the way. It was a very fast uh, reaction and he definitely didn't mean to do it. Um, mm. And I have seen it quite a few times with the referee getting in the way and, and, the, and the attacking team getting the ball back. Um, maybe maybe it is a set play where you, you aim for the referee in the, in the defensive line and try and kick it into him so you get it back for another set of six. But why, why would the rule? Why does the rule need to be you get a fresh set of six? Why can't it just be roll the ball on whatever the next tackle it's is? It's the last tackle though. Yeah, well in that case, it, but it's not always going to be the last tackle. No, it's not when that kick. Oh yeah, true. No, really, yeah. I guess you could just say replay last play. Yeah. Um, play yeah. five again. I yeah, wouldn't mind that. Well, I was going to come up with. I've come up with a new rule for you boys as well. Actually, that I'll run past you when we get to the next controversy. Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah. um, that that did actually though. When when the Roosters got the new set of six, it led to the fir- Roosters' first try with Sam Verrills going over from dummy half, and he has been very good this year. Uh, with Jake Friend being injured, um, that's another. Another point to mention, I guess, and the second controversial thing I'm going to bring up is the the bomb that was put up at 8-8 late in the game, bounced off the Raiders' shoulders back towards the Raiders. So technically it should have been last tackle still, but the ref put his hand up and called six to go before being 
told by the pocket referee that it should still be last tackle, so he changed his decision. But by that stage, Jack Wyden had already seen the call for six to go and probably realises then that he doesn't need to look any further to see for any changes because, you know, refs don't usually change their decision uh, and, and obviously couldn't couldn't hear him calling that it was then last tackle because of the yep. noise of 80,000 people in the background. Uh, now... The Roosters get the ball back after he took the tackle and end up scoring the next set to win the game. Uh, in the end, the Raiders probably wouldn't have scored even if, if they had heard that it was last tackle, but there's always that possibility, so you can't take it off them there. Uh, however, it was their own fault as well for some poor defence leading to the try by the Roosters because they were the Roosters were a long way from the try line and, and op- the hole opened up for, um, for the, the Roosters to run through, so that was their own fault. Yeah, um, I think oh, this is a, such a hard one, I reckon, because it's it's kind of like they got the decision right eventually. Like it definitely shouldn't have been six to go. Uh, and so if it was given six to go and the then the Raiders then went and scored, then like the shoe would be on the opposite foot and the Roosters would be blowing up ridiculously as well about the fact that they were robbed and it wasn't – like it shouldn't have been six to go. I think they're absolutely cooked. Like the only way it can work is if they had been able to go – well, no, it's not six to go, and they still called five and last straight away. The problem is, like, I, you hear the, um, you can hear the refing audio. In fact, I'll, I'll play it for you here. Oh, okay. Six to go. Is it? Off last one, last one. Last. Still last. Still last. Change over. I call it six. Handover. Handover. Now, look, uh, I'm okay with refs making the wrong decisions. Like, obviously, you don't want it to happen. You want them to make the right decision. But the fact is they're going to make wrong decisions. Um, and that's okay. I mean, they're trying their best. But in that situation, it's it's the process that needs to be right. And, and the decision-making process that the refs go about, uh, they have control over that so they can they can control what happens there. And, and once they, they – in that situation, they have to make the call straight away. They have to decide what the, what the call is, and he called six to go. And I think he has to stick with his call. You yeah. know, I think that's the, the right process. So I just uh, I, yeah, I just feel sorry for him because when you actually look at that, that audio, well, listen to the audio, look at the video, he actually tries like six times to say it still lasts, it still lasts, yeah. it still lasts. Like, and I guess the whole point of having a pocket referee or having the two referees is they can help each other like that. And he tries his hardest. Like if 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 they if the Raiders actually heard when he first said it, they still had a lot of time to react and go, you know, yeah, we can put a kick in because he's he's trying to say it. You can hear it the whole time. Him going, still last, still last, and obviously no one can hear because there's eighty four thousand people in there, yeah. uh, and that's and like you said, has I guess that's the problem is that the players would have seen him like they they're all trained to as soon as there's a collision like that or it was sort of the ball bouncing around like a pinball machine there they're all trained to look at the ref find out whether it's six again or find out whether it's fit and last they've looked at him seen that he's gone six to go and that's as you said that's the last thing from there they're, they're not thinking that they're going to change their mind from there so in that case i believe that it's an error um and i believe that it, it is obviously a turning point in the game and i believe that you can't make a decision like that and then go back on it simply for that reason that the only thing that was they were relying on there was their voice and in that stadium I just don't think that was going to work. Yeah, yeah. agreed. 
Yep. All right. And um, uh, I guess yep. it didn't the other go. Thing, sorry, I yeah. was going to say, Haz, is that like I, I know that obviously that's what all of the controversy is going to be about. But as you sort of mentioned, I think that like, and obviously Joey Lolu was probably a better NRL player than me, I presume, um, but only just last night. <laughs> Uh, because he he's a person that got put through a hole and had a two-on-one, a clearly open winger, right, which he elected to dummy and go himself and bomb the try with like a forward pass sort of out the back. And then he's the person that rather than getting square at marker or getting back into the defensive line, chilled out and, and led to sort of the break uh, past Aiden Caesar on the wing because he was out of position as well. So I think that you can look at you know multiple other aspects in the game and go, there's still plenty of reasons why you lost and the Roosters actually seized the moment yeah. when those players were resting and were and were lacking. Um, that's where they chose to pounce and, and that's probably why they're such a good side that has now won back-to-back premierships. And the Raiders had plenty of chances to win the game. They were attacking the line for a long time, mm. um, especially when the Roosters were down to 12 men on the field and yeah. the Roosters earned the win, They especially with their defence in that period. And that's that's the other, I guess, controversial Decision was Cooper Cronk being sinbinned, a uh, big player for the Roosters. So to have him off for 10 minutes was, was pretty big. And, um, yeah, it was for the apparent professional foul, tackling Josh Papali just before he catches the ball, uh, about five metres out from the line. And it was a one-on-one situation. So Papali versus Cronk, I'd probably um, put my money on Papali to, to win that battle. And uh, he was then, therefore, a good chance of scoring the try, but you never know. And uh, there could have been support from other Roosters in time to, to hold him up. So, uh, so yeah, it, it was the ref's interpretation that it was in a try-scoring yeah. situation and therefore a professional foul. And even though it was only just early and... Um, Has that been... Yeah. Do you think that's been a sin bin in, in previous seasons? Or is that like in line with the new sin bin for all offences sort of thing that they've brought in this year? Yeah, it's probably one of those 50-50s where sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, which isn't what you want. But... Yeah. Uh, but there is no exact same situation every single time. We covered all of that. Skim, was there anything to add for you? Uh, no, nothing too exciting. Or uh, so, just to clarify, as you are are happy with that being a sin bidding, or yeah, I'm happy with that call. Yeah, yeah no, agreed. And one other thing I want to ask you: when you said the Raiders probably wouldn't have scored if they'd gone that six ago, is that just based on how good the Roosters were defending, or what do you? No, no. I mean, they wouldn't have scored. They probably wouldn't have scored if it was the right decision in the first place and they said last tackle. Last tackle and, he and they had to kick it. Or, yeah, okay. and he heard right, last tackle yeah. and he would have to kick it um, or, or run it and try to score. So if, if they got six to go, then they were definitely a higher chance of scoring yeah, okay. the try. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. that's unlikely. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Um, yeah, well, now we will get a little bit of stuff on sort of our social page about obviously the Kangaroo squad got announced uh, today as well, but this is obviously looking like a – Last uh, last episode of the season, extended episode at this stage because we're struggling for time. So we might move straight into uh, obviously the NRL women's final was on yesterday as well. Has that was quite a one sided affair? Yeah, it was very good to watch. Actually, it's uh, the standards improved a lot with the NRL women's competition over the last few weeks. So it was a bit sad really to see it finish after only a four week competition with with them uh, going from strength to strength, building some combinations there. But the Broncos did beat the Dragons thirty to six to go back to back as well as the Roosters did. So um, Impressive and impressive to score that many points in 60 minutes because they, they do play a slightly shorter game. Uh, and most of the uh, the followers I saw leading up to the season tipped the Broncos to struggle this year, tipping them to come third or fourth. So uh, to get to the final and then win that convincingly uh, is a credit to them. And Ali Brigginshaw, their halfback, steered them around the park amazingly well and uh, 
you know, all, despite the fact that the Dragons did suffer uh, numerous injuries throughout the game, they were struggling with very few players left on their bench towards the end and, and they just couldn't come back from that. Yeah, absolutely. No, very fair. Um, okay, well, that moves us on to this section, guys. Wonderful. Uh, Bronny's actually here with us, Ben. You could hear that song. How'd you, how'd you find it? Good confidence again from the lead singer. Thanks, yeah. Ben. <laughs> now I can actually hear what she's saying, but I might just sound really far away. That's all right. Uh, now, guys, uh, most of the, the people that we're putting in the social sim are quite high-profile people here, so uh, just bear with us. Now, Has you actually have the first story um, on your phone, I believe, the Labishkakni brothers story that we've had sent in from a listener uh, from a South African newspaper. Can you give us a bit of context there, please? Yeah, it's in this... It's in this newspaper here, but it was also I saw it on social media. A few, a few different pages on social media were talking about it. Oh, the no. fact that um, it says it's hard to believe, but Marnus Labuschagne, who uh, starred for Australia in the Ashes, is the brother of Peter, who yesterday captained Japan to victory in a rugby union game, and both were born in South Africa. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where they got that information from, no. but uh, it's definitely not true. And, <laughs> Uh, they've convinced a lot of people that it is, though. Yeah, they have. Sure. Minus has got a long list brother. It's been a, just portrayed everywhere. Uh, they've convinced some serious people. So that's probably not your best research. I think it's possible that two people can have the same last name without being brothers from what I've heard. Mm. Yeah. There's about 8 billion people on the planet. It's probably going to happen at some stage. <laughs> Very true. Um, so there's that one. Uh, and then, guys, the rest come from... Uh, Jeez, there's some birds outside. It's chaos. Yeah, I was going to say, had plenty of outdoor noise today, actually. Yeah, we're not um, used to recording during the day, during the, the old day. public holidays. Yeah, thought weird. we'd get in an early session rather than staying up till midnight, but shucks, there's some background yeah. noise going uh, on. We're going to have to stay up till midnight in future. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then the rest of the social symbiotes, guys, they come from actually the NRL coverage last night, and more specifically, probably from the after, the post match. Me and Haz were sitting there together uh, and just found it hilarious so just how badly. The Channel 9 commentators went with their post-match interviews, uh, with the, with one exception to that. But I'll start with um, Darren Lockyer's interview of best Brett Morris. Has one of the greats. Uh, Brett, you had not won a premiership in 11 years and now you've won back-to-back premierships in two years. How does that make you feel? Uh, well, I actually wasn't at the Roosters last year, Darren, so I haven't won. <laughs> I haven't won. <laughs> and then Darren tr- tried to blame it on uh, on Brett Morris for yeah, telling him that he had. He told him that he had, apparently. Uh, he probably didn't, Darren. Um, also, and then he also had to remind him that he actually did win a premiership in 2010 for the Dragons. So that actually wasn't like it wasn't his first premiership anyway. So probably not the greatest research there, that's for sure. Uh, now I must say that Darren Lockie was actually my favourite rugby league player. So I love him as a player. His commentary and post-match interviews there has earned him a stint in the social simbin though. And he probably yeah. wouldn't have got simbin too many times in his career, I don't reckon. Yeah, no, poor Darren. Yeah. Sorry, Darren. Uh, just crumbled there under pressure. Another person who um, who really started to struggle under pressure uh, was Jonathan Thurston in his interview of Trent Robinson. Now, he actually uh, is – I think this question he had to ask, uh, and Channel 9 would be very, very happy that he asked it, but this is the frosty response that he got. Wave six to go and then calls it uh, fifth tackle. What's your thoughts on that? 
on the refereeing for the whole game. Is that what you're... He called six to go again, and then you're on the back of that, you uh, score from back of that. Look, I... I don't see that. Did you, you felt as though we got lucky there, JT? No, I was just saying because he called six to go and then he's called fifth tackle. So I was just asking what your thoughts were on Mate, that. My play. thoughts, honestly, if, it, if you're bringing that up at this time, there could have been lots of decisions that we want to go yeah. through. You know, Mate, what are my thoughts on that? I thought right. that we were under the pump for a yeah. lot of that game and we fought hard and we won the game. I felt like a lot of controversy at different times and we decided to take advantage of it and we decided to ch make a difference and change the momentum of the game and we did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was very pleased with the question, obviously. Ben Robinson, he quite liked it. Uh, JT stuck to his guns there. He, uh... I, I actually liked that JT asked the question because I think everyone, like everyone sitting at home, would want that question yeah. to be asked. And I actually saw quite a few people sort of blowing up for like someone interviewed Jack White and didn't ask the question and they were like, what are you doing? So I think JT, like Channel 9 would be happy that he asked that. But the poor guy got so rattled by that answer that he then asked him how Nathan Friend's preparation had been <laughs> uh, in, the, in the lead up to the grand final. Poor old Nathan Friend at 38 years of old, now years of age, who's obviously retired, uh, was the former Gold Coast Titans hooker. And um, unfortunately then Trent had to jump in and say, oh, Jake Friend. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so poor JT. Uh, he, yes, he was a little bit rattled as well, I'm afraid. Uh, and then we had uh, the other one we had was Billy Slater um, interviewing Cooper Cronk after his obviously last game. Uh, Cooper, you've won seven premierships in your time. Um, probably a little bit of denial from Billy there, unfortunately, because two of those premierships were indeed stripped from the storm where <laughs> Billy was playing as well. So it really officially only counts as five, uh, but Billy's obviously never quite agreed with that decision from the NRL, so he was sticking to his guns there as well. <laughs> Um, and then this is a, this is one of my favourites, boys. This was uh, Brad Fittler to the uh, to the referees boss here. The second one, Raiders were attacking the line. Um, ben Cummings signal sixth again, and then he changed his time. <laughs> sixth again. That will absolutely do, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of your greats. So uh, those guys, they, they all unfortunately just for the whole just panic stations post-game um, in the refereeing team, they not in the refereeing team, in the commentary team, in fact, uh, they all have to go into the social sim bin. And the reason I think that they have to go into the social sim bin, boys, oh, let me clarify this, is because I think that if that was sort of like uh, Aaron Mullen, that's sort of having the big biff with Andrew Johns at the moment. If that's Aaron Mullen that comes on and makes those mistakes, uh, then just she gets absolutely teamed and hammered by the public going, oh, learn about the game and you've never played and you're horrible, get off and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we've got all these people that obviously are brilliant, brilliant players uh, but also haven't done any research yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty high-pressure environment. It's not scripted. They've got to think of the questions on the spot really quickly and um, and they're not – not reading off anything, a, a teleprompter or anything like that. So uh, it's, it's digging to make mistakes. It's going to happen. I don't know. How's you been podcasting for 14 weeks now and I haven't seen you make a mistake? No, I think you have a pretty bad memory then. <laughs> <laughs> not today anyway. Uh, perfect. All right, Skin. Well, we better hand it over to you. Oh, 
Thank you, Lethal. Um, yeah, so I've just been continuing to follow up on the on the Rugby World Cup predictions that I that I made a few weeks ago, um, and and yeah, I, I had to toot my own horn and, and keep the sort of arrogance in the room. That's going. a real theme but, for this um, episode. <laughs> Except for Haz, uh, Haz was not happy to say that he's good at podcasting. That was the only exception. Oh yeah, yeah. Haz is humble, shock. Um, but yeah, shucks, it's starting to get a bit ridiculous. Over the last week, I think there were another eleven games since we since the last episode, and I only got one wrong. So I don't know how this is happening, but oh well. Um, so I'm currently sitting at twenty two from twenty seven, which is at, going at eighty one percent. This is genius. <laughs> Unbelievable. And yeah, I, don't, I don't know heaps about rugby union, so maybe there are people out there that are going better than that and that's not that exciting but looking at my AFL tipping where I was going at about 40% I'm pretty stoked with that um, and and we did we had up on the story uh, the the Australian Wales game where I managed to get the exact margin you haven't done it again have you uh, no, no, that was. <laughs> I wanted to go. I went back and had a look at all the margins of the game because I hadn't even checked. I hadn't even been following along with how I was going on them. Um, so I wanted to go back and check, and that is, that is one thing that I'll say that I've, I'm not that great at. Um, that's the only one that I've gotten spot on. It just happened to be the one that we had on the story. Yep. Um, and there have been a lot of other games that have been some serious blowouts <laughs> that I had not predicted. So my my mean and median error in in the margin for each game is 20 points so i'm not picking the margins all that well i know um, we mentioned the betting markets last time but we should do a thing where you, you chuck in what the actual uh the betting what you would get return from putting like ten dollars on each game oh, yeah, and see, nice. even, even if you put it on the favorites like i'm sure you'd still be be up there and like definitely be up so yeah, yeah you'd like to think if you're going at 81 percent, surely you're making money on it but um, but yeah, that, yeah, that's worth having a look at. It has, um, and probably I think the only news to come out of Australian games since our last episode is that we beat Uruguay. I believe is that, is yeah, that correct? Right. Yeah. yeah, Uruguay. That was a forty to forty-five 10 to ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's sort of the only. Yeah, that's about it, really. That's, that's all I've got for you. I think we've got what do we got? Our last round games against Georgia coming up. So we'll, yeah, we'll probably get that on the story or something. I would think. So. Yeah. Has it in Georgia? Yeah, the that's, the, uh, that's the song that you actually you changed the lyrics to for Turbo <laughs> Tom, didn't you? Yeah, so, yeah. Still, hasn't been to, used that one yet. Yet no. to do that one. Um, waiting for the boss to uh, to tell tell yeah. us when when the go to do that one is. Yeah, that's a new song for our next season to promote the uh, NRL season. I reckon so. We'll keep that one there. Perfect. Um, thanks again. You're done. Yeah, I think that'll do me. Magnificent, boys. We've got a uh, new new um, little jingle here i warned you about this a couple of weeks ago when i was in the snow but i finally actually got back and to the uh to the platform here and where i'm pushing the buttons i've been horrendous at it today but uh here it is Skin, little, yeah, right. taking that down a notch there. That's a little bit slower than the jingles that we normally do. Yeah, it is. I don't mind a little change of pace. It's yeah. good. I mean, there's two bars there, but there's some clever little lyricism. I like that. Mm. Jasper, write it for you. No, no, no. That was, that oh, was right. on me. That's yeah, on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, impressive. Um, yeah, thanks, Skin. I appreciate that. Just backing me in. <laughs> um, now, guys, we are um, we are going to do a little touch football specific one. We know that me and Skin obviously play some touch. Has was also a very good touch footballer before he got banned. 
Um, obviously, being a professional cricketer, they're not huge on you um, playing touch football midweek, are they, Has? Yeah, that's true. But I reckon I might give it a go next off-season, see if I can get a few games in. I, I love uh, throwing the footy around. It reminds me of my rugby league days. So Yeah, calm yeah. down, mate. We'll take it. The not fast, just furious Monday night social team. Yeah, i put my uh, New Balance runners on and uh, have a run around. <laughs> Do you ever go through one segment without playing a sponsor? <laughs> Oh, has that's elite. All right, so uh, Cavalier Touch Football wants to throw out you boys. Uh, these I, I obviously helped um, helped the Redlands Crushers get into the finals uh, last Friday night single-handedly, wore the black boots so because that just means that I'm getting in the trenches doing the hard yards. If I wear the green boots, I try and go too fancy with flick passes and double steps and stuff, and uh, neither of those two things I can do, so we went to the black boots. Good idea. Uh, I did very little, but uh, and I also haven't played enough games to qualify for finals, so I won't feature <laughs> in the finals either. But uh, I did take note of a few overused sporting buzz phrases. So the first one, uh, don't roll, don't roll, skin. Every single set, every rucking yeah. set, never. no one's allowed to roll. Just, they're just encouraging you to get up and make touches. Even if you are actively trying to get up, yeah. it still looks like you're rolling because the other team's <laughs> running forward and you're running backwards. So it's just yeah. always yeah. don't roll, don't roll. Yeah, um, should we? Would, would a lot of our listeners know heaps about touch? Should we clarify what that means? No, a lot of them wouldn't know about touch at all. How are you going to clarify that? Not sure. Um, <laughs> But I mean, it would just make no sense if you haven't played a game of touch before. I get, it, it's just about like if Skin, we talk about every sport, half the sports people would have no idea about. All right, okay, we'll carry on then. Don't roll. Okay, <laughs> I am rolling. Um, all right, and the other one that uh, that is talked about all the time: every single pass that is thrown that's longer than twelve meters, I reckon, mm. all opposition's players will yell out forward. Yeah, every pass has to be forward. It's just they've always got to ask the question. Yeah. Forward. Rude not to. No, nah, it's not actually. It's bad. No, nah, it's all right. So, yeah, you have to. You just have to ask, <laughs> look at the sideline, see if they're doing anything, make sure that the referee is aware that there are two sidelines because usually they forget somehow. Uh, well, what about um, maybe it doesn't happen so much down at Redlands Crushes, but in the, the mixed Monday night social when there's, there's a poor ref doing a solo and people are still blowing up about forward passes, oh. there's no one to assist them on there the <laughs> Look at your sideline. Oh, wait, there's no one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very tough to get through that one. And then the, I love the refs. Uh, the refs sort of counter one to that. Uh, they have the way that they counter the forward pass question is this one I hear every single game. Now it's out of the hands backwards. Mm. Out of the hands backwards, then got caught in a massive cyclone, blew yeah. forward into the Ingall <laughs> area. 15 every game someone touch, caught it. there's a 50 knot wind and it always turns around at half time. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's right. I want to hear someone say it came out of the hands forward and then went backwards. Yeah. That'd be an unbelievable <laughs> penalty. Can happen if they're running backwards, you know, but if physics there, if they're running backwards out of the hands forwards, still can travel backwards. Can it really? Yeah, well, that's why they say uh, yeah, out of the hands yeah. backwards. If you're running forwards yeah, and you throw it out forwards. of the hands yeah. backwards, it yeah. still can travel well, forwards. Yeah, I've actually yeah. seen a little YouTube video that talks you through that. That was impressive, actually has. I think yeah. you might have showed me that. No, I don't think it was me. Okay, <laughs> great. Good good content. But yeah, good. I think it is yeah, well, I'll get what you're saying. I just has I just I think it's a bit out of proportion how often we hear that said compared to probably how often it actually makes a massive difference in a no, forward pass call. I'm with yeah. you. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, you know. Yeah, I like no, that. No, continue me. to play that role. Someone needs to. Uh, and then the other one goes, and I'm sure this actually happens across other sports as well, not just touch football. Um, the old, we're up 5-0 at halftime, right? And then uh, and then you get the old, what's the score? Nil all. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nil all. 
Um, even, even if you're behind, play yeah, yeah, nil all. You yeah. don't want to be playing catch yeah, up footy, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, true. Oh, we're down 12 now. We'll score nil all. Well, that's not really going to help with <laughs> <laughs> the second half, but we're down by 12. <laughs> Coming for full time. Yeah, you got the win. Yeah, that's right. A little bit of tennis news, guys, because we haven't covered that for a while. Now, Ash Barty uh, is still the world number one, but she actually lost in the final of the China Open to Naomi Osaka. Uh, in three sets, she won the first and then was run down. But she remains as the world number one, but Osaka actually closes the gap on her there. And then John Millman, guys, who everyone just has to love. He just If you listen to his speech uh, after his loss to Novak Djokovic in the final of the Japan Open there, he just seems like a very, very humble and genuine human being. And, and he obviously yeah, achieved great feats to get to the final of that, but was definitely outclassed in straight sets by Novak Djokovic as well over there. Uh, so that's just a little tennis wrap because I know some people were very, very interested in that. And that's a couple of really good Australian performances there. Uh, now, guys, this has essentially been an extended episode. Uh, we had plenty to get through. We obviously had Luke Feldman on, one of the great interviews, that slash Sam Hazlitt roastings. Uh, um, so that was very good. Go back and listen to that again. Uh, then we obviously have talked mostly through the controversies that have come from sort of the NRL grand final. Uh, and we have got through a couple of other little sort of bits as well, segments that we like, the skin starts killing it, overused buzz phrases, and the social symbiom presented plenty this week as well. Um, guys, we are going to take a little break uh, for the next couple of weeks, obviously, just while there's a transition in season. Um, there's obviously plenty happening still with sort of the AFL trade period being on at the moment. We'll cover that on our socials. Uh, we'll still stay very up to date with videos and things like that on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, and then obviously you can continue to bank emails to us at wegotthechocolates at gmail. Uh, <laughs> and continue to send through your social symbols, your skin stats requests. We've got a yeah. couple there that will be ready to go for season two yeah. of the podcast. Um, I've got think, a yeah. – I should just mention I've got yeah, I've got to come up with a similar spreadsheet for the NFL competition apparently. We want to know – I've got a question about who's winning the <laughs> NFL, which I know so much about. <laughs> My favourite sport. sports. <laughs> Oh, so, so I look forward to that, episode one of season two, yeah. if I can get it done. The NFL feature. Fantastic. Uh, Sam, obviously we have to thank you. Uh, you've been a huge part uh, of this first season and the success of it and uh, obviously someone that everyone loves and um, we've got a lot of sponsors to thank but you've already thanked them enough so please don't do that. Uh, but we do thank you for coming on, mate, and, uh, and fulfilling that void. You've been magnificent. Oh, you're far too kind. I've uh, had a lot of fun doing this so thanks for letting me be a part of the podcast you're right man enjoy your two week break and uh, we'll see you back at the same time well probably actually night time again so we don't get the birds chirping in the background <laughs> um, that'll be good or the Harley Davidson Skin on any final words for this season uh, no, I'm a man of few words I think I've had plenty today that'll do me outstanding uh, well in that case we look forward to season two thank you very much for being with us here at We Got The Chocolates happy podcasting Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.